Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia, and welcome to another episode, part two of Would You Rather on My Millennial Property. I am Emily Wallace, and I'm here with John Pigeon. Emily, would you rather live in the sunny skies of Sydney or the pouring rain in Melbourne? Oh, that's not a very, very <laughs> weighted question, is it? <laughs> I mean, look, I would. I love Melbourne. I would probably rather live in Melbourne. Do you know why, though? Why? Regardless of the weather, Melbourne makes sense. It's a grid yeah. system. I know how to get around. Nothing's too far away. Yeah. I feel like Sydney's just it feels like a rabbit warren of just curly turns and yeah. you've yeah. just divided Victoria and New South Wales with that one <laughs> statement. Yeah. Yeah, Melbourne's like a big rattlelate, isn't it? Mm, so. Yeah. Anyway, let's thrash this out. Let's do it. So part two of the Would You Rather, if you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you probably do. Um, But part two is a continuation of part one. In our Facebook group, I had posted a question, can you put forward some Would You Rathers related to property and the people delivered. They did. So first cab off the rank today, Alicia Williams asks, would you rather buy a house or use the money you've saved to get married? Fun fact, both my parents and myself chose the get married option. Neither marriage worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, Emily, this could be you. You you Uh, might be faced with this in the next year or two. It it could be me, the decision between uh, uh, a marriage slash wedding or a house deposit. That being said, my personal circumstances, I wouldn't spend the same amount of money on a wedding as I would, you know, for the house deposit, they wouldn't actually be equivalent. It'd be be quite a small investment to a wedding or something similar. Um, But I know this is such a common debate situation for a lot of young couples across Australia, whether they throw their money behind a beautiful wedding that, you know, weddings are expensive from what I hear. Like some people do spend upwards of 50K on a wedding. I know. I know, it's crazy stuff. Um, And I I feel that if you asked a male this question and you asked a female, on average, you might get a very different response. Yeah. Um, But yeah, look, it's a property for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I'm not saying that like I wouldn't put money towards a wedding. I definitely would. It just wouldn't be the same proportion of money as I would to a house deposit. I think you can actually have both. You just got to balance it. Yeah, and if you had an ideal outcome, you'd do that, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd portion some money off, which a lot of people are doing that I speak to and, and they're putting that aside and they can have their nice wedding that they're comfortable with. They're, they're not really jeopardising anything, but they're, they're not putting their property plans on hold because of it either. 
Yeah. Now, Michael Jasper asks, would you rather a modest home and an investment property, so your own home plus an investment property, or your dream home with a large debt? Now, presumably, there's a difference between like a modest home, you know, to get in and have your own versus your dream home. Yeah. Mm, Tricky one. Yeah, there's two layers to this question or or this option, I think. One is, if I get into the dream home, is that going to perform better for me over the long run than maybe two cheaper properties? So that's the first part of it. And, And the second part is, is that dream home exactly what I want? And can I handle the debt? Is it going to impact my lifestyle? So I'm trying to be a bit of a coach here when I answer this, but (laughs) I, it's a really hard one to, to answer. Uh, I personally would be diversifying and building a portfolio that, uh, that enables me to have different assets working to wheel back around to buy that dream home with a low debt. Yeah, I agree. Although if I were going about it the other way around and buying my dream home first, then I'd want to be pretty confident that I could add some value to it, like i.e. renovation, um, or I'm buying in an area that is projected for some decent growth so that I've got equity to, in a couple of years' time, pull that equity out and buy an investment property. Mm. I, I would, If I've got the ability to own more than one property... I would. That's probably what it comes down to. I think this yeah. is, you know, also a debate between two property versus one. But as you rightfully said, it's also about the quality. Like, uh, you know, it's not always about just having two properties. Like, what's the quality of those properties, and are they doing what you need them to do? So, yeah, good one. Okay, I'm loving all these. By the way, just side yes. note: anybody who contributed to this, thank you so much. Um, yeah. It's certainly been really insightful. Kudos. Now, back to it, we have a question here, an oldie but a goodie. Ashley uh, Redette asks, best house on the worst street or worst house on the best street? Mm. Ooh. Yeah, worst house for me. I'm live with you a, on that. Live in a tent. <laughs> live in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one, that one, because it's, I, I think that's a no-brainer question or answer, but it, again, it really comes down to people's wants and needs, doesn't it? Like you, yep. they would prefer to live in a, a really nice house that's decked out well, designed well, and, and they feel comfortable in their own life doing that as opposed to living in a, in a better location uh, for, the, for the same money, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I I agree. I I mean, at the end of the day, and this is probably what the the principle of property comes down to is you cannot change location. Location is the fixed factor. The worst house on the best street is a situation of the ability to change something from worst to to great or to to best, I should say, whilst also maintaining the great location and Yes, renovation can be daunting for a lot of people, particularly most people are first-time renovators when they go and renovate their own home, but it's a learning process. It's also the ability to make it your own as you go along the way. So, yeah, worst can turn to best. And And you know uh, what? Yeah? There's there's plenty of bucks in yucks. (laughs) What does that mean? Oh, plenty of bucks in yucks. Okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. (laughs) But people might not want to 
improve the yuck. They just it might be over their head. Don't can't be bothered. I want something done. Yeah, before I buy it. Yeah. I get that. We're all we're all busy. We've all got things to do. Not everyone has time for renovations. So yeah, I get it. Now, Sarah Booth has got a great question, and it's one that must be on the radar of so many people. Potentially, um, anybody listening to this podcast right now. And the question is: Would you rather buy at the top of your budget now, so like maxing out your borrowing capacity right now, or wait five to ten years for a in quotation marks better? Time. Now, I like that the emphasis on better time is in quotation marks because I think that sort of insinuates that is there going to be a better time? Um, what is the right time? And this is such a common scenario for a lot of people. Like, do we stretch now and get in or do we wait? What do you say, John? Yeah, I was, I was actually talking to a really good friend of mine who's uh, does the same thing as what I do, but in agriculture, right? Yep. So buys, finds investors, uh, yeah, good opportunities in the agricultural space and, and land for any farmers out there listening or anyone that lives in the country, agricultural land has just gone gangbusters, more than housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had this conversation this morning about, well, do people hang out as first-time investors for, for another two years or three years or whatever the time might be that no one knows to to hopefully see a, 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 a downfall in prices so that they can come in at more of a, an, an affordable price? And I, I think we both agreed that we can't guarantee what's going to happen in 12 months, two years, three years. If they go up or they go down, either way, it's out of our control. What is in our control now is is we can afford X because we've got this amount of money to play with. So, yeah, I, I lean towards generally doing what's in my control now. What about you? I would echo that. I think the worst sentence that I hear people say is, I wish we bought back in month xyz whatever it is uh because that's always hindsight and particularly when you're in a rising market only upon reflection can you look back and see the time you were thinking of buying was actually a really good time to get in so as the old saying goes the next best time is today yeah i you know that's not necessarily advice in like go out and buy a property right away but i do think it speaks volumes as to the fact that a lot of people do have hindsight and a bit of regret they didn't get in sooner. I've never really come across someone who's told me that they wish they didn't buy at the time they did unless it's been right next to a massive drop, which really ha- – like the the market doesn't peak one day and drop the next. It's not like the share market, right, where no. it ebbs and flows literally daily. It's a long-term thing, so – I think uh, I, I get it. I understand why there's the debate of should we wait, but generally speaking, I think you should work in the circumstances you have and, and get in when and while you can. Yeah. We're going to take a very quick break and we're back with some more Would You Rathers. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Chelsea Feltham has a great one to kick us off. It is. Chelsea asks, would you rather build up or out? So extending your property up a level or extending it back towards the rear of the property? Yes. It is a very good one. Chelsea, well done. You want me to go first on this? I can see it. (laughs) Well... Well, it depends, doesn't it, right? Like, I think there's also some limitations on this Mm. as to your personal property. Yeah, yeah. So, Chelsea's saying, have we, we've got an unlimited space here that we've got both options. We can go back 200 square or we can go up 200 square. What what are you going to do? Um, Look, generally speaking, and I'll answer it first if you want. (laughs) Go for it. Like, for resale, some people don't like going upstairs, especially mm. when we get older, knees, ankles, whatever it is, um, to energy to get upstairs. So that single level does cater for, for more people, generally speaking. Uh, but upstairs, we get some views potentially and the feeling that we're higher than down on the first level. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I I personally would say go out versus more so than up. Um, but, yeah, there's no one size fits all as, as with all of these questions. What would you do? Is, is your new place a single or double story? Uh, it's it's one and a half. So, okay. yeah, because we've got kids, we, we want them upstairs and we're yep. downstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think that's like also the factor that plays into it, right? Like the zoning for different families in different um, situations. Yeah. I do think single level caters for all because it's not creating a barrier with stairs, like for resale, as you said, yeah. downsizes, young families that, you know, don't want their kids climbing up the stairs, mm. you know, people with limited mobility as well. I think it caters for everybody having single level. Um, funnily enough, this is a very timely question. I didn't even think about it, but I had a, um, a poll on my Instagram about double or single story and overwhelming majority said single. Most people were annoyed by having to go up or down the stairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would personally go for a single as well. I just think it makes, it's quite a grand sort of feeling as well when you can have a, a property that goes for a good length of the block and then opens out, you know, presumably open plan living out to the, the dining and outdoor area. Um, yeah, so totally. yeah. Well, one thing just on that, uh, a bit of a tip for someone, if they are thinking about this and they're thinking about what the second story will do for them is is get yourself a drone or get someone who's got a drone and just uh, put it uh, at that approximate level where that second story would be just to see what's going on and see what views you might or might not have. And it's a really interesting exercise that we did um, last year just to get a feel for yeah if I'm standing on the balcony or standing out uh, looking outside my bedroom window this is what I'm going to be looking at 
That is a great tip. That is some gold right there, John. If people don't action that item, I mean, what what a great tip. I would yeah. never have thought of that. Now, uh, a community member by the name of Glenn James has, has chimed in again on the thread. Um, has a very, leave specific, a very specific would you rather. Uh, a crap house, an average location, but freehold or... A nice apartment in a good location, but the main bedroom mirrors the neighbouring property and shares the same wall of the bedroom next door. And people are very loud at random hours of the day or night. You must stay there for 10 years. What would you rather in caps locks? (laughs) This sounds like, and a lot of the comments on this is, this sounds oddly specific, Glenn. Yes, uh, this is him for sure. Uh, (laughs) yeah not the second one not the second one no I agree um nobody nobody wants to put up with that especially not if you have to be there for 10 years I mean yeah not ideal but thanks Glenn for the contribution we appreciate it now Carolina has asked oh this is this is a good one Carolina has asked I should say Character versus square meter. So basically what she's asking is the charm of the home versus um, how big the home is, which I think would often refer to period houses, Mm. you know, with those beautiful federation features and potentially like, you know, the special ceiling roses and the cornices and all the rest of it. Oh, this is a hard one to choose. I like sometimes character is hard to manufacture like some things you know you can't replicate that 19 10 20s sort of vibe and feel necessarily so i te- i think i'm leaning towards character what do you think character over size mm. yeah so if if i was restricted by size we we can't make it bigger can we well yeah i mean we assume we can't so if we can't make it bigger, I'm going for something bigger that I can change. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. But I'm, I don't know, a, a lot of, and I'm surmising here, but a lot of males couldn't care less about character <laughs> so much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's a very real, I guess people deliberate over this in, yeah. in the real world because a lot of those and I'm talking like inner city single-fronted Victorians that are literally like four-metre wide frontages yeah. and, you know, long, skin, skinny, narrow block, um, but the charm wins them and they really like the character and, and the feel of the property. So I can understand why it's a debate. There's arguments of both sides, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one from Scott Beersley. Scott asks, would you rather have a really nice house but with lousy furniture and appliances or a stock standard house with beautiful furniture and state-of-the-art appliances. <laughs> this will be me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to choose? <laughs> well, I don't think I'll get a bit much of a say on that one, but uh, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'll let you go on this one first. I, I feel like the undertone of this is where do you, what do you place value on the... Yeah the house or what's in it and it's an interesting one because things like appliances and furniture obviously you're using daily but you're also living in the house daily too so it's kind of the balance of it like for me 
I value a good coffee machine, a nice feeling couch, a nice bed, but I wouldn't necessarily want to compromise on the look and feel of the house. I'm, um, Scott, I don't, you didn't put an option of having both, so I. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I, I'm with you. A coffee machine and a big deck is is what I'm after. Yeah. Um, if if I've got that and I can sleep at night, I'm pretty happy. The things mm. in it, no, not massively important, but yeah, it's a really tough one. That one, you could. There's, <laughs> as always, pros and cons for both. Yeah. What did most people say in response? Did you see? Um, there were a lot of likes on it, but not many people would give in commentary on it. So, right. yeah, okay. yeah, interested to hear what people think. And, and the debate in all of this is often with couples where they can't decide because someone wants something and the other wants the other. And this is where this would you rather is such a uh, heated conversation and can actually sometimes end in tears. <laughs> It won't happen today with you or I. But I was going to say, luckily, we're pretty level-headed individuals who, you yeah. know, we can, we can have a good discussion without um, making enemies. But, yeah, see, it, and that's the point of a would you rather is, yeah, it does bring out uh, debates on both sides. Um, now, Yumi has asked a great question and it's actually a real-life scenario uh, of hers. And she's asked, would you rather spend $20,000 making your home more energy efficient, for example, insulation, updating windows and heating and cooling, or spend $20,000 on adding an extension which would include an ensuite slash uh, indoor-outdoor space? So, basically... Am I putting my money into enhancing what I've got, yeah. making it more energy efficient, or adding more space? Whoa. That's a hard one, Yumi. Like really hard. I, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm. When she's saying indoor outdoor, I'm I'm thinking deck. So I'm putting yeah. twenty grand into a, a new deck. Um, call me capitalist, but yeah, I'm going that over energy efficiency. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I think there is value in updating your existing home, particularly if it's an older property that doesn't have double glazed windows, that doesn't have sufficient heating and cooling. Um, but I am also one for creating space where it's where it is allowed, particularly if you are spending a lot of time at home um, or if you've got a growing family that does simply need more space to spread out. So mm, you're getting splinters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going. I'm going with the. I'm going with the extension. I'm going with Extending. the extension. Yeah. yeah no more splinters. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know that episode we did with uh, your solar friend, Richard. Like, Richard Vargas. Yes. yes. That, that was an interesting, I suppose, eye opener to realise just how many households in Australia do have solar. Like there was something like two and a half million. Yeah, which is crazy. If you um, are interested, it was a really hot topic, um, solar, or it probably still is, about whether to get solar or not and what the benefits are. Uh, just, um, I guess, a note to, to point out to go back and listen to our episode with Richard because it was really enlightening. Both John and I learned a lot from that and we were really surprised by the stats. So, side note there, a bit, bit of sidetrack, but definitely relevant. Now, to close this thing out, we've got a question from... Padma Carr, who asks, would you rather renovate your house immediately after purchasing it before you move in? So basically when the property is vacant or wait a year or two before renovating. And my goodness, there would be so many people who have faced this predicament as to what they might do. And 
Oh, yeah. So it, it's a home to live in, is it? It's not an investment? Uh, oh, I assume it's a, a home. Oh, it says before moving in. So yeah, a home to live in. Yeah. Well, so yeah, okay. So uh, just a side note from that. If it's an investment, what we do in that, usually the first 12 months, chat to your accountant, but generally it's added to the cost base when we sell it. We're not claiming that um, that renovation in that particular year uh, because it is so new. Uh, I ideally would like to get it done before it settles if that's permissible to so then we can move in from day one but you don't want to rush the process either so I if it was and I'm just coming from an investment point of view for a start but I'm going to finish with what I would live in if I was going to live in something I'd want to live in it first to get a feel for what I think needs to be done like otherwise I'm just yeah, I'm, uh, I'm surmising as to what I think would be nice, but until I actually live in it, uh, I wouldn't be able to get a feel for what needs to be uh, renovated or improved. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. I think the things that I often see, and I guess it's a halfway point, the the benefit of having the property vacant is when you're doing things such as flooring and painting, because it is a, a bit of a debacle to move everything out, shift things around and make sure you're not getting covered in dust and paint. So I would personally look at, do I want to change my flooring? Because I feel like you can do that immediately. And a lot of clients I have worked with, that is the first thing they change is the flooring. And usually it's a situation of making it lighter and brighter. And then also a fresh coat of paint. Now, that's to me not a renovation. That's simply facelifting what's there. It's not an extensive thing. And to your point about living in it for a period of time to work out, it's really a functionality um, piece in there. How does the the house function? How do I live in it? What would I change? I think there's huge merit in living it for a minimum of 12 months before you start changing any design features of it um, so that you can have it exactly how you like it. And yeah, custom design it. Why not? Mm. So, to answer the question, I would go with wait a year or two before doing an actual renovation. Uh, in the meantime, just facelift. Yeah. Would you facelift if you were going to do a reno though? Um, I feel like flooring and paint doesn't really – like to me, renovation, and maybe that's just my perception of it, mm. is more about, you know, tiling in the bathrooms. And um, if you go with neutral flooring and paint, you can't go too wrong unless you wanted some feature walls or something. Yeah. Um, it can be part of a renovation, but I feel like you could – if it was relatively new, only 12 months old, then you could work it into whatever you're going to yeah. be doing. Yeah, keep that in the back of your head. Yeah. Yeah. Well – that brings us to the end of part two. Now, there are still questions in the chain of this and I have saved this as a favourite um, on my phone so I can refer back to it because if your would, your would you rather question hasn't been answered in part one or part two, it will be featured as the opener of one of our upcoming episodes, so keep posted for that. Wow. We, you've guaranteed that. Um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like why not? We'll guarantee not? that we yeah. will get to all of them. Why there not? If people have you know prepared to put the time in to, to uh, put them forward, we yep. will answer them. Absolutely. Now, just before we do go, John, I just wanted to give a little a little nudge, a little reminder. If to me, no, no, oh, not no. to you specifically. <laughs> 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 to the big to the big world out there. If you are a regular listener and. 
you have gained some value from this podcast and it's helped you along the way, or you just like listening to John and I have a bit of a yarn, we would love to hear your feedback in the form of a review on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. It does mean the world to us to hear um, if you're enjoying it. We're always open to constructive feedback as well. But um, if you give us a rating out of five, we'd love that with a little review. You would make our day. You would indeed. And and I want to thank people who have, have listened and appreciate that you may not listen forever and that's cool because we become boring or not relevant anymore. <laughs> um, but you've passed on the recommendation to a friend or your partner or your family member. Like I had a a lady ring me the other day who's like mid to late 50s, never listened to the podcast, but her daughter had listened to it and she listened to her saying, well, I've got this issue. Okay, I think you should talk to this guy. Now, uh, that's, uh, it's just a good way to spread the spread the word if you like what we're what we're yapping on about and um yeah just appreciate it thank you most definitely thank you to all of you thanks for tuning in today if you haven't listened to part one yet go back and listen to it um and if you are a first time listener certainly go and check out some of our previous episodes the content is effectively evergreen so you'll find episodes there that are relevant to your situation and what you're facing at the moment so until next week have a great week Bye. <laughs> we acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.